Wednesday, I was in a car with um, Dave Nelson and, and my son Casey and Nikolai here from church. We were on our way to Vegas on I-15 when we heard about this accident and, and passed the site just a few hours later on our way to, to Vegas to help um, with a church plant. And I'm wearing the shirt today. The, the Verge Church in Vegas is, uh, is launching this morning and so Dave and I, my son, had the privilege of being down there this week and just helping, preparing for the launch. And then at the same time, just thinking about Kirsten and, and Greg. And, you know, life is so fragile, isn't it? And we take it for granted so often. And we take our health for granted. I think one thing that, um, that we can take away from what we just heard about Kirsten is that she was committed to living this life as long as God gave it to her to the fullest. And that's what God, God wants from us. We don't know when this time comes for any of us. But we do know, and I know that, that God's Word tells us to, to live every moment to the fullest and that God wants us to live to the fullest and to have a complete life. And that's why we're, we're doing this series. And that's, um, that's why we will talk about health this morning. We've talked about marriage and parenting and finances, generosity and, and stewardship. And really this morning is, is a continuation of, of us talking about stewardship. But talking about stewardship of something that's so much more important than our physical or material wealth. We're going to talk about stewardship of the most important and most valuable resource that God has given you and has given me. And that's our life. That's, that's the body, our own body that God has given us. And really, if we, if we think about our life and the aspects of our life and the things that we value, I would, I would venture to say that we value nothing as much as, as our body and, and our life in itself. I've looked at different lists that you can find online on on what people value and in what order. And it's always either, either health or family and, and relationships that come first, way before finances come. And then our lives so often don't really reflect that, uh, that so much. Here's what statistics tell us about our health, our health in North America. It's that 64% of Americans are overweight or obese. So I'm German, I don't count here. You know, a lot of us, including me, say, well, I'm in shape. Rounds of shape, right? Do you know that overweight or obesity is the second leading cause of death in the United States, second only to smoking? 60 million people in this country have sleeping disorders. And if you've dealt with that, you know how how debilitating that is if we don't get the sleep that we need. The average male in North America spends nine years of his life in bad health. Nine years. For women, it's 11 years. I don't know why that is. I don't know if they count pregnancies in that, but it's nine years for men. Nine years of our life we spent being sick. In women, 11 years. You might sit here now, okay, now what, what's this about this morning? Is this a health clinic here? Am I in the right place? Is this K2 the church? Yes, it is. This is a church. But this morning we want to 
ask the question, what does my, my health have to do with my spirituality? And does it have anything to do with it? Does God care about my health or about my heart? With heart, I mean our spiritual life. And the answer to that is yes. Yes and yes. He, he cares about your health. And He cares about your heart and your soul. And I believe they're connected. I want to take you this morning to a passage in 1 Corinthians as, as our central passage as we look at this topic. And, uh, but before we do that, I'd, I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with, with heavy hearts. And as Eric's already prayed, Lord, we want to lift up Kirsten and Greg's families, Lord, and Greg's recovery. Lord, I can't even begin to imagine what, what he's going through, what the families are going through, Lord. But I do know that you are the God of all comfort and of peace. And Lord, that's what I pray for more than anything right now, is that they would experience your presence and your peace and your comfort, Lord. And let I pray for us here this morning. Pray that we would be able to focus on your word and what you have to tell us about our life, our health, our bodies, and how we can deal with them in a way that honors you for the time that we have here on this earth. So let's pray, Lord, that, um, that you would speak to our hearts this morning and that, that you would convict and encourage. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verses 19 and 20, Paul writes to the church in Corinth and says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. To really understand what he's talking about, we need to understand more about the temple and what the temple meant to the Jewish people. And temple here is not a place downtown Salt Lake City we're talking about. We're talking about the Jewish temple that was, was in Jerusalem, which was the central place of worship for the people of Israel. The temple was literally the place where God's presence dwelt. Within the temple was a place called the Holy of Holies, which was again separated from the rest of the temple. There was a huge, thick curtain, almost a carpet, that was very, very, very heavy, that was separating the Holy of Holies from the rest. And only the, the high priest was allowed in there once a year on behalf of the people of Israel. And he would go in into the presence of God. And they were so worried that he might be struck dead in the presence of God that they would have a chain tied around his ankle so that if he would fall dead under the, the glory of God that they could pull him out of, out of there without somebody else walking in there. It was their central place of worship. It was the place where the people of Israel had to go to have an encounter with God. It was where they, where they brought their sacrifices, where they would bring the best of the best of what they had and sacrifice it, bring it to God, and, and then ask for forgiveness. Or the, the priests would, on their behalf, ask for forgiveness for this person. The, the temple was a magnificent structure built only with the best of resources that were available. It was a place that was highly honored and respected and, and really sacred and holy. And again, it was the place that the people of Israel went to to encounter and meet God. But then in the New Testament, Jesus changed all that. 
You see, because of Jesus' death and his sacrifice for us, his forgiveness for us, literally when he died on that cross, that thick curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple split from top to bottom symbolizing and showing that now there is no more separation between us and God. We don't need a mediator, a priest who goes and approaches God on our behalf and asks for forgiveness. It's been opened for us through what Jesus has accomplished for us. And now God doesn't dwell in a structure anymore. You know, God doesn't live exclusively at K2. I just wanted to make sure that's clarified. God doesn't live in physical structures anymore. If you have become a follower of Jesus, if you have accepted Jesus' sacrifice and have become a follower of Him, then His Holy Spirit, God Himself, now lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a walking church. You hear us say all the time, you don't go to church, you are the church. And that's literal. You are the church and I am the church because Jesus Himself lives in you and in me. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in us. That's one reason why our body is important to God. Our body and our health is important to God. In, in the third letter of John, we read this in, verse one, in chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Good health is a concern that God has for us. Now, I need to take a quick detour to be faithful to this passage in 1 Corinthians 6. When he talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit here, he's, the immediate context is mainly one of sexual immorality, where he's addressing certain issues in the church in Corinth where there is a lot of sexual immorality going on, a lot of extramarital sex and, and sex as part of the local worship of gods and so on and prostitution. And he's talking mainly in that context that, that interacting in, in those immoral um, actions that, that they were defiling the place that God dwelt. Okay? Now, we will address the whole issue of sexuality later in the fall in the series, so I will not go much into it now. I want to focus on, on the fact that our temple... Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to honor God with our temple. Now, that has to do with, with our morality, but it also just has to do with, our, with the maintenance of our body, with, with being good stewards of this resource that God has given you and me. And I want to focus on, on three aspects of that at first here that, that the Bible talks about when it talks about honoring God with our body. There are certain areas that the Bible addresses um, in terms of our health and our well-being. And it says, honor God with your body. I looked up the word honor and what, what that really means. And this is a definition. It says to, be, to praise, to exalt, to magnify, to celebrate, to make glorious, to clothe with splendor, to impart glory to something. And then I like this last one. That kind of makes it tangible for me. It says, render it excellent. Render it excellent. We're to honor God with our body. We're to render it excellent. What does that mean? What does it mean to, to be excellent in the way that we maintain our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit? And one thing that it does address in this chapter 6 here, earlier on, 
um, in verses 12 through 13. Verse 13 says, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. What he's talking about here is that food is for our nutrition. We need food to sustain our body. The issue is that in our culture, we have come to the point where food is much more than nutrition, isn't it? In a lot of ways, food has almost become an object of worship, something that we, we value so much, and it's, it's, it's much, much more than just something that feeds us. And so I was thinking, as I was preparing for this, and you might ask yourself this now, come on, give me a break. Is God really interested in what we eat? Absolutely. God is interested in what you eat. Isn't that amazing? The God of the universe who created everything, including you and me, has an interest in what you and I put into our body on a daily basis. Did you know that a large part of the early part of the Old Testament where God sets up the nation of Israel and gives them law, that a large part of that law had to do with dietary laws. He told them what to eat and what not to eat in the laws of Israel. Now later on, Jesus, Jesus did away with that being a requirement. But we know today through nutritional science that the way God told Israel to eat, which was a kosher diet, which might be known under a kosher diet, is in, in, immensely healthy and a lot healthier than, than our regular North American diet today. God knew what was good for them, and he told them, eat this, don't eat this, this is good for you, this is not good for you. So God is absolutely interested in what we eat. In verse 12, Paul says, do not be mastered by anything. And you know what? Thinking about my own eating habits, seriously, I am often mastered by what I eat. I often think from meal to meal. Anybody with me? I'm done with breakfast and I'm thinking, what am I going to eat for lunch today? Well, so-and-so is taking me out. Where could I go? And, and I know that for a long time, food has mastered me. I, I wasn't in control of that. It was in control of me. God is absolutely interested in what we eat. Did you know that the initial diet that God gave Adam and Eve, he even told Adam and Eve in the garden what they should eat or not. Do you know that? He actually gave them a vegan diet. <laughs> I'm glad that's done away with. But, but again, that's what God gave Adam and Eve, knowing what would be good for them. In verse 12 here in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, it says, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. See, God's given us a lot of freedom. A lot of freedom. But he says not everything is beneficial. And he's, he's calling us to be good stewards of our bodies. And so we have to be aware of that. What is beneficial for us? What is good for us? I've read the quote that says, you are what you eat. And at first I thought, man, that's a little over the top. You are what you eat. But you know, the more I, I thought about that and the more I, I realized what, how food functions, we are what we eat. See, what we put in is the fuel that makes our body go. What we eat determines how our cells will reproduce. What we eat is the fuel for our engine. If we eat donuts all day, we'll turn into donuts, literally. Our cells will not have what they need to reproduce healthy new cells. And your body obviously is in a constant process of, of producing cells and new cells and, and renewing them. The body can only do that with what we put in. You know, with my car, 
I'm, I'm careful what I put in there. Are you? I'm careful with what oil I put there and what kind of gas. I, I don't like to go to Sinclair. I like to go to Shell, <laughs> you know, because they put that good stuff in for your engine. We think about that. What's good for my car? What makes my car run well? Do you think about that for your body? What makes your body run well? What maintains your body healthily? I'd encourage you to do this for a week. For one week, journal everything you eat. Just do it for one week or two, three days even. Journal everything you eat and then look at it. And just, and, and just let it tell you what, how are you mastered by food or are you mastering what you put into your body and how you maintain this, this body that God has given you, that he's calling you to be a good steward of. And I think it'll be eye-opening to some of us. So diet, food, yes, God is absolutely interested in what we eat. Another thing that the Bible talks about in terms of, of the maintenance of our body is rest and the importance of rest for us to maintain health. Did you know that God, when he created earth, that he took the seventh day off and that he gave us the command to do the same? He said, I set the example of taking a day of rest. And he set that example for us. It's a command to take a Sabbath day, to take a day off a week and to rest, to spend time with him. Actually, Psalm 37, 7 tells us, rest in the Lord. Rest. It's a command because God knows we need it, you need it, I need it, our bodies need it. God created day and night. He created day for us to be productive and work. You know what the night is for? It's for sleep. To me, sometimes, seriously, I, I love staying up late and I actually like getting up early. To me, sleep's always been kind of a nuisance. Like, man, well, how unproductive is that? You know, you just kind of lay there, you know. But, I mean, science today again tells us it is so important for us to rest our body. We're actually supposed to have six to nine hours of rest, depending on, you know, personality. Some people need more than others. Six to nine hours of rest at night to maintain health. And again, has anybody here struggled with sleeping before? With, with not being able to fall asleep? And, uh, it is horrible. That, if that accumulates for a few days, it's just, it throws everything out of whack. Rest is important and rest is God-ordained. But we live in a society, don't we, where it's rat race constantly. You go, go, go. You know, before coming here, I was a missionary for 12 years. And, and I tell you, the number one topic amongst missionaries, and maybe that's the same for pastors, is how busy are you? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm really busy, busy, busy. Oh, how, are you busy? Yeah, I'm busy. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm more busy. And it's, it's even in ministry, there's always this, well, you've got to be busy, 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 busy. And rest is almost unspiritual. But it isn't because God tells us to rest. He tells us to take a day off a week. He tells us that we need sleep and then we need to rest this body to maintain health. And not just physical health, because our physical health will affect our spiritual health and vice versa. They actually did tests on rats that I, um, that I found online. They sleep-deprived rats. You know how long sleep-deprived rats? So whenever they wanted to fall asleep, they played loud rock music. You know how long they survived? Three weeks instead of two to three years. Rest is essential for us to maintain health and life. And the Bible tells us so. 
The third aspect of maintaining our health, and this is where it's going to get real ugly, is exercise. Do you know that the Bible talks about exercise? The Bible constantly actually uses athletic illustrations to, to illustrate spiritual truths. It's all through the New Testament and, and the Old Testament, actually. Now, what's interesting to me is at those times, you know, they, I don't think they actually needed as much exercise as, as we do today because the lifestyle back then was they didn't have office jobs. <laughs> they didn't have people show up at their cubicle and sit down at a computer and as much exercise as they got as this. When you play solitaire. <laughs> you know, I, today, we, do, we sit, most of us, sit at a job. We, we look at computer screens. We, we drive to work. We drive back home. Back then, and there was no public transportation. Daily life, you know, was very, very physical. There was no need for calorie counting, as it is in my life now. But still, we actually read in First Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy saying that physical exercise is of value. And then he compares it to, to spiritually exercising, and that that is more, more valuable. And obviously, our spiritual life is more important than our physical life. But the Bible recognizes that physical activity is important for us. And I think it's much more important for us today in the culture and society that we live in than it was back then. Without exercise, check this out, your chances soar through the roof for these conditions, coronary heart disease, heart attack, diabetes, high blood pressure, and obesity. And studies have found that the average 65-year-old can expect an extra 12 and a half years of life expectancy if he regular ex regularly exercises. Twelve and a half years of life, of more productivity, of pursuing Jesus. And for you guys, here's another great reason to exercise. Okay? Studies show that regular exercise enhances your sex life. Seriously, you will feel more sexy. It apparently improves performance and reduces dysfunctions. For more details, see your doctor. I'm not a doctor. But, but completely unrelated to that, I have started exercising very regularly six weeks ago. <laughs> completely unrelated. Six weeks ago, I started exercising regularly. You know why? Because I knew I was going to give this message. And I was really convicted. I was really convinced. I was the heaviest I had ever been. By the way, I've lost 17 pounds in the last six weeks. So, I, I didn't sleep well. I wasn't being, feeling productive. I wasn't feeling good about myself. And I was really convicted. In part, knowing I would give this message. I was thinking, God, what, is, what do you want from me? And so I made a commitment to, to exercising. And I will tell you, I sleep better. But the biggest thing for me is, I have been so much more focused in every other area of my life, especially spiritually, the, more, the, more, the, the, the healthier I've been getting, the more focused I've been. And I know that in these last six weeks, I have been more effective for K2 and I've been more effective serving Jesus here than I was before because of, of just the way I feel more healthy. And that's why I think, again, there is a connection between our health and our spiritual well-being. Because discipline in one area leads to discipline in another area. And that's really what all these three that I talked about have in common, whether it's diet or rest or exercise, it takes discipline. And the New Testament is full of Paul and other writers telling us 
to develop discipline and that, that it's part of, it's a spiritual fruit in our lives to develop a disciplined lifestyle. Part of this, of course, and part of our health is God's sovereignty. And, and I want to acknowledge that God is sovereign. And, and we see throughout the Bible and, and in our lives where God uses, you know, health conditions and negative health conditions often to develop us and build into us. And God is sovereign and he can do what he does. But that doesn't negate our responsibility of stewardship over what God has entrusted to us. You know, sure, you could go to Krispy Kreme for breakfast, to McDonald's for lunch, and to pie pizza for dinner. And that's actually, that would be my preference. But then, and then we can sit there and say, God, thank you for this food. Please keep me healthy. I, you, know, see, you know what that would be like? That would be like me going to a strip club and praying for pure thoughts. Seriously. It's just, it's inconsistent. And God expects us to develop discipline and stewardship over the resources that he's given us. And again, seriously, what more valuable has he given you than life and the body that he's given you? And he expects us to serve him with it. And the healthier we are, the more effective we can be in serving him. On the mission field, I'll tell you, I have seen the number one reason why people leave the mission field was health. Number two reason was usually issues with children. But people leave the ministry left and right because of health, because we take it for granted, and very often we don't take care and don't, don't, don't take care of it and don't, um, are not the stewards that God expects us to be. And my second point, I think, comes to the heart of the issue. The second point, we read this here in verses 19 and 20. Let me read it again. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You are not your own. The second point I want to make is that we are extremely valuable. You are valuable to God and you were bought with a price by Him. So I want to draw a comparison to, to when we talked about stewardship and money. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago I spoke on, on generosity. We talked about that the number one issue is that we hold on to things because we think, well, this part is yours, this part is mine. And we, we compartmentalize. And it's the same with, with our lives, with our health, and with our body. We think, well, yeah, I'm yours on Sunday morning. But the rest of the week, that, that's my, my issue. And what I do with my body and, and how I treat it and what I put into it, God isn't really interested in that. See, that is so wrong. We are His. Our body is not our own. It is God's. And it's ours to steward, to be good stewards over. You are not your own. You're valuable the way you are. And God didn't make a mistake when He made you just the way He made you. Do you know that in Salt Lake City, we have six plastic surgeons for every 100,000 people? It's not bad for Salt Lake City. New York has four plastic surgeons for, per 100,000 people, so we got more than New York. Los Angeles has 4.1, and Miami 5.2 per every 100,000 people. Do people value their body and the way God made them? Do you know that Utah leads the country in antidepressant rates? Every 11 days, a Utah teenager commits suicide. Utah leads the nation in suicide among men aged 15 to 24. 
Utah has the 11th highest overall suicide rate in the nation, and the youth suicide rate has tripled over the last few years. And get this, suicide is the number one cause of death among Utah teenagers. You know, when you walk around Salt Lake City, when you go to the gateway or go shopping and you look somebody in the eye, you know what you see? You see a small reflection of God and His handiwork and of what He has created in His image. And we don't value it. And our, so the society around us tells us we're not good enough. I want to read Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16 with you. It says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, God made you exactly the way he wanted you to be. No mistakes made at all. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. And we so often allow our culture to, to pervert the picture of what's right and, and beautiful. And I want to show you a short video here to illustrate that. Can we run that? You'll never look at a magazine, a magazine the same way again. Huh? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? This, this ideal of beauty out there and, and how it makes us feel <laughs> about what we look like. Man, I just want you to know, and I know God wants you to know that He made you exactly the way He wanted you and that you are valuable the way you are and that He loves you and paid a high price for you. So I think one part of, of our health is allowing God to define our image, allowing God to define how we view ourselves and that we view ourselves through God's eyes as lovable, as beautiful and as wanted by him just the way you are i want to wrap this up and i want to come back to to what paul says in in first corinthians 6 verse 12 where he says i will not be mastered by anything i think that really is is the essence of everything we talked about when it comes to health physically or spiritually that we will not be mastered by anything that we will not be mastered by, by food and the excess of it, or that we will not be mastered by compulsive dieting, that we will not be mastered by, by exercising and obsession with our looks, that we will not be mastered by unhealthy work ethics where we, where we don't rest, that we will not be mastered by laziness, that our lives don't revolve around the next meal or the next exercise session or the next promotion and raise that comes with that? Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything but Jesus. I will not be mastered by anything but Jesus. Not even ministry. And I've, I've alluded to it already. I'm, I tell you, we can be so addicted even as people that work for church or for ministry to work and, and be mastered by serving Jesus and instead of being mastered by Jesus. And that is not healthy. I want to tell you a quick story of, of 
happened, happened to me early in, early in ministry. We were living in Sweden. I was working at a, a, a Bible school. During the winter, it was a Bible school. And then during the rest of the year, we had camp groups, teenagers that would come through for, for summer camps. A lot of German, German groups that would come up to Sweden. And so I would lead them. And I loved doing camps. So I was in my mid-late 20s. And I had energy. And I, I just loved hanging out with them. They would always come for two weeks at a time. And so this one summer, it must have been 99, I think, we had, I had three groups scheduled back to back. So the first group would come Saturday, they would leave Saturday evening, but the next group would already arrive Saturday morning, and that would overlap three times like that. And so I would go literally from six in the morning, meeting with my team until midnight, one o'clock in the morning sometimes, go to bed next day. And I remember my wife telling me after the first group, says, Christian, take a day off. Take a day off. Say, no, 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 I can do this. This is awesome. These kids need me, you know. And, and again and again, she would encourage me, take a day off. Take, you can't do this. You've got to take a day off. We need you. <laughs> no, no, I've got to push through this. During the third camp, five weeks in, I collapsed during lunch with heart attack symptoms. They rushed me to the hospital. It took me weeks, if not months, to recover from that. See, it was excessive ministering. I was so, so addicted to, to working with these kids and felt like I need to do this, I need to do this. I was serving Jesus rather than submitting to Jesus and put into practice what he says. He said, I need sleep and I need rest. And it led to a long period of being quite unproductive and having to relearn my, my priorities. See, the problem with everything, whether that is food or drink or work or working out or whatever it is, the problem is excess. And that's what the Bible constantly talks about. It's, it's moderation. It's moderation. The problem is excess in anything. Because if, if we're doing anything in excess, it always takes priority over Jesus. It always does. I will not be mastered by anything but Jesus. As with all the other topics, we come back to that. All of this can only work. Marriage, parenting, finances, health, if we are first submitted to Jesus and committed to living by the principles that he has laid out. And so I just want to encourage you as we close and the band can come back up that I know this is an unusual topic for Sunday mornings and I just want to encourage you to just kind of stop and evaluate where are you in your life? Where are you with your health? And what are areas that you can actually do something about as it comes to your health? Whether that is food, whether that is rest, whether that's work, whether, whether that is um, exercise. Reevaluate and do that for, for Jesus' sake and for your relationship with Him. Do it for your health spiritually, emotionally, and physically, because God is interested in your body and in your health. And so as a little incentive today, um, I know exercise is only one small part of it, but I know from my experience, it's just really made a huge difference for me. And I know a lot of us do, are in jobs where we're just not very active. I just want to encourage you, we have a, a table out in the lobby, and the gym that I've been going to, it's called Square One Fitness here in Sugar House, they're giving away free passes today. For you, just to give you a little bit of an incentive, if that's something that would, that would help you, just give you a little jump start. They're giving away free day passes and free health evaluations where they're going to look at you and help you figure out um, what, what could help you. So I just want to encourage you to see that table in the lobby. 
And, but really, mostly, sit with Jesus for a little bit and let him convict you of where, where you can actually take steps of good stewardship over the body that he's given you.